0: The Bible is weird, right? Can't we all agree that the Bible has got some strange things going on? And aren't you ever just reading along, and then you come across something that just seems totally out of left field? Something like 1 Corinthians 6, where it says, When one of you has a grievance against another, does he dare go to the law before the unrighteous instead of the saints? Or do you not know that the saints will judge the world? And if the world is to be judged by you, are you incompetent to try trivial cases? Do you not know that we are to judge angels. How much more than matters pertaining to this life? (laughs) I'm reading that. I'm like, wait a minute. I don't remember learning in Sunday school about someday I'm going to judge the world. I mean, I think I already do enough of that when I'm scrolling through Twitter, but not only does the Bible say we're going to judge the world, it says someday I'm going to be judging angels too. And I honestly don't feel qualified to judge angels. I mean, do you? (laughs) I can barely decide what brand of butter to buy when I go to the store. I would like a little bit more information before I jump into this angel judging. And yet the Bible doesn't stop to explain that. Paul goes right on talking about human courts afterwards, and I don't even know what this whole judging angels thing is about. What about number six, when a prophet named Balaam is riding his donkey through a mountain pass? It says, Balaam's anger was kindled, and he struck the donkey with his staff. Then the Lord opened the mouth of the donkey, and she said to Balaam, What have I done to you that you have struck me? these three times. I mean, there's literally a talking donkey right there in the Bible. And if that seems surprising to you, it's even weirder that it doesn't seem so surprising to the prophet who heard it. He just answered the donkey right back without missing a beat. That's actually the part of that story that freaks me out the most. It's not so much the talking donkey, it's the fact that Balaam was just kind of taking it in stride. What about Jude 9? It tells us when the archangel Michael, contending with the devil, was disputing about the body of Moses, and I, I'm like, wait a minute, what? The archangel Michael getting in a fist fight with the devil over the body of Moses. I'd miss that one in church, guys. Okay, I don't remember that story, but it's right there in the Bible. What about the things that are actually pretty familiar to us, but that we haven't really stopped and thought much about before? Things like First Samuel seventeen four. It says, and there came out from the camp of the Philistines a champion. Named Goliath of Gath, whose height was six cubits and a span, and you've you know you heard that story. It's one of the first stories you hear as a little kid going to church. If you grew up in church, I mean this is one of the baseline stories. And you read it, okay. There's a giant. David kills the giant. Good to go, right? But wait a minute. Six cubits and a span that equates to about ten foot three inches tall. Was he really that tall? I mean, because according to the Guinness Book of World Records the tallest man ever in recorded history was about 8 foot 11. And he lived about 100 years ago. Okay, and we have a lot more people around today, and we have a a lot more people around 100 years ago than we did back thousands of years ago with the time of Goliath. It's like, so now we have a much larger sample size, but we don't have anybody who's near Goliath's height when you look at modern times. However, as you read through the pages of Scripture... Giants are actually pretty commonplace. There's lots of passages that discuss men of gigantic size, nothing like what we even have today. Why don't we see people that big today? So these are questions I'm asking myself as I'm reading the Bible. And if you've ever come across strange Bible passages like this, and if you're like most of us, you just skip right over them. I mean, that's that's what most of us do, right? We we read something in the Bible. It doesn't make total sense, but we can't spend all day on that, right? We just got to move on to the next verse. Well, if you've ever wanted to go back, dig in a little bit, and see what that was all about, this is a podcast just for you. This show seeks to answer all those questions that you were too embarrassed to ask about in Sunday school. And to be fair, your Sunday school teacher or your pastor probably wouldn't know what to do with those questions anyway. So if you're interested in digging into topics like that, grab your Bible and let's get weird. Welcome to Weird Stuff in the Bible, where we explore scripture passages that are bizarre, perplexing, or just plain weird. This is Luke Taylor, and welcome to what is also episode 100 of the Cross References podcast, but it's also the first episode of a brand new podcast called Weird Stuff in the Bible. And I've been wanting to do this second podcast that's just a little bit more focused on strange things in scripture, or I might rephrase that, things in scripture that are strange to us. Okay, so I wanted to do this podcast. I don't want to alienate all the the regular audience I had who tune in for Bible studies on Ezekiel or prophecy or something like, you know, random Bible topics. That's what I do on Cross References. But I also wanted to start this new podcast to get into some other stuff. I'm calling it Weird Stuff in the Bible. And if you're a listener on a podcast platform, if you found this episode on the Cross References channel, I invite you to type in Weird Stuff in the Bible go subscribe so that you can be here for Weird Stuff Episode 2. If you're listening to this on the Weird Stuff in the Bible channel, then you're already in the right place. And if you're a listener on YouTube, I'm probably just going to keep using my original YouTube channel and just dump both shows onto there. So if you're a YouTube subscriber, you don't need to do anything different. Cross References is going to continue to have new episodes on Mondays, and Weird Stuff in the Bible episodes will premiere on Wednesdays. And so if you don't know me, or if you just need to get reintroduced to me, I'm an ordained minister with the Assemblies of God. Currently, I'm not working for a church right at the moment. I'm working with a Christian nonprofit organization. Um, I love Jesus, and I'm very blessed with a wife and a couple of sons. And I I come at things in the Bible from a Pentecostal perspective. Um, so I'm, I'm already, for many Christians, I'm already at a little bit weird. I'm already a little bit out there just to begin with. And maybe I'll get a little more out there. As we go through this show, I, I just bring that up to say I have a strong belief in the supernatural and uh, and perhaps that's where I should just start, because we live at a very weird time in human history. We live in the postmodern age of what we might call rationalism or scientism. We believe in natural explanations for things. If you can't prove it in a test tube, then it's considered subjective and it's open to interpretation. And, you know, things like, how dare you say there's only one way to heaven? How dare you declare your way to be right? And, you know, most people in modern times, they don't believe in things like angels or demons. They might believe in God, but to them, God is kind of a a concept. He's kind of distant. He's off in heaven. And all that stuff about miracles and demonic activity doesn't seem super relevant to us nowadays. Not when we have scientific explanations for things like the creation of the world, the origin of life demon possession speaking in tongues why travis kelsey is interested in taylor swift okay actually i don't have a rational explanation for that last one but i think you get my point we live in an age where science always seems to have the answer and if a natural explanation doesn't do the trick then it probably didn't happen we even see many modern christians that like to mix in scientific theories with stories in the bible things you know things like evolution with the with the story in the bible of creation There's churches today who will teach that the flood of Noah was just something in the local region, that it wasn't even worldwide. They'll teach that Jonah was never actually swallowed by a sea creature, and they'll tell you that the gifts of the Holy Spirit stopped functioning after the first century. Now, as I was saying, we live at this really weird time in human history, because for almost all of history, like right up until a few hundred years ago, people had no problem believing in spiritual things. Supernatural creatures like angels and demons, spirits who are assigned to certain territories, fortune tellers and necromancers, and why we should stay away from them. Well, modern Christians say that we need to stay away from that stuff because it's fake. But ancient Christians would have said to stay away from that stuff because it's real. So we live in a time where we hear about things like giants with six fingers. We think it sounds mythological. We think it sounds like a folk story, something like Bigfoot, some kind of legend. Or, you know, were there ever dragons on the earth? Were there really dinosaurs in the book of Job? Well, you know, science says dinosaurs died out millions of years ago, so there's no way it could be in the book of Job. But what would the ancient Christians have said? What would the writers of the Bible have said? I can tell you they actually had no problem with the concepts of dragons, dinosaurs, demons, and witch doctors. It's the modern people who struggle with these things. So we live at a very weird time in human history where we are the first generation to reject supernatural explanations for all these things. And that's not just a modern problem. It's actually a modern Western civilization problem. Because if you go off into Africa, India, South America, those people are going to have no problem accepting these things. They witness supernatural happenings all the time. I heard it from a Baptist minister who went on a missions trip to Haiti. He said it was an eye-opening experience for him. He said that the non-Christians in Haiti have a stronger belief in the supernatural than Christians do in America. And talk to a missionary who goes into some of these countries, like Ivory Coast Africa. I've talked to them. They will tell you the spiritual world is real and it's very active in the world today. Demonic oppression and possession and manifestation. It's extremely real and influential in the modern world. The only problem is, most American Christians, they ignore it, or worse, they might even teach that the Holy Spirit does not empower us to do anything about it. They will literally teach that the ability to cast out to cast a demon out of a person was something that went away a few thousand years ago, and that now we are powerless to do anything about it if a person is demon-possessed. And you know what? I'm sure that's also what the devil would want them to teach. <laughs> so I think the debate about cessationism is weird. I guess I'm kind of thinking on this. It's on my mind because there's like this big cessationist conference that it's either coming up or it just happened. And it kind of sparked a a revival of debate about the merits of spiritual gifts. And, you know, I think there's Christians, good Christians who love Jesus that show up on both sides of this issue. But I want to point out, this is a uniquely American or a uniquely Western debate. Other countries are not having theological debates break out about whether spiritual gifts ceased, about whether casting out demons still happens today, a lot of Christians in these other countries, they see this stuff happen with their own eyes. That's their reality. It was the historical reality, and it's the biblical reality. So if you're a modern Christian living in a westernized country, I've got some bad news for you. You are weird. You're living at a very weird time and a very weird place in human history. If you don't believe that there's a supernatural conflict going on in the unseen realm, around you all the time, and that this supernatural conflict breaks out and affects the natural world on a regular basis, you are the weird one. If you don't believe that the Holy Spirit protects you, and enables you to be victorious, and stand strong in the midst of this spiritual war, you're weird. Because that was not the perspective of Christians in history, up until a few hundred years ago, And it's certainly not the perspective of the authors of the Bible. And speaking of their perspective, that's something I'm not going to forget. If we want to understand what the biblical authors meant when they wrote about things like the prince of Persia blocking Daniel's prayers from being answered in Daniel chapter 10, or why Paul talks about judging angels someday, we can't just look at those things and understand them through a 21st century Western civilization lens. We can't figure it out by looking at a theology book written. In the 1800s, we have to understand the worldview of the ancient authors and see what they meant when they talked about these things. It doesn't matter what you think a prince is. We have to know what Daniel considered to be a prince. So we're going to talk about that. We'll talk about how they saw things. And in order to do that, we might occasionally need to look at some ancient texts like the Book of Enoch. And I'm not saying the Book of Enoch is the Word of God, but Peter considered it to be pretty reliable. Jude considered it to be factual. It was considered a dependable source of information by the ancient Jewish people at the time of Jesus. And they referred to it and they quoted it even in the pages of scripture. So maybe we should take a look at what the book of Enoch says. And maybe that's going to help us in understanding what Peter and Paul and others were talking about when they wrote about the flood of Noah and other topics. The book of Enoch is bizarre to us but it was historical to Paul or Jude. So if we can understand their mindset, we're going to understand their books better as well. L- let me throw some more Bible at you. 2 Samuel twenty one twenty. It says, And there was again war at Gath, where there was a man of great stature who had six fingers on each hand and six toes on each foot, 24 in number, and he also was descended from the giants. So wait a second. Six fingers and six toes... Is it normal to come across men like this? Well, no. But does that mean this is just folklore or legend? That's not what the Bible is telling us. It is saying this really happened. Conflicts with beings like this was considered normal to the ancient Israelites. The Bible is here to teach us about reality, about spiritual reality. It's telling us what this world is really like. The Bible is not a collection of stories that have no relevance to us today. If it was, then why would God have given it to us in the first place? Why, why give us a book of exceptions, of things that don't actually happen? How would that be useful to us? No, the Bible is telling us what reality is like. And whenever we find it surprising, it's because we are the ones who are looking at things in a weird way. The Bible is not weird. We are. So we will talk about that. And maybe you're already asking, wait a second, if this is normal, then why aren't there six-finger giants around today? We're going to talk about that too. Ephesians 3. It says, So that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you, being rooted and grounded in love, may have strength to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and length and height and depth. Whoa, 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 whoa. Breadth, length, height, and depth. What Ephesians just said was referring to four dimensions of existence. Right there. That's what I just read. Or maybe you think, oh, that's just flowery language, or maybe you've never really stopped and thought about that before. No, God is telling us something right there, very specific, about reality. Okay, we're familiar with three dimensions of the the height and the width and the depth. That's the reality that we live in. But the Bible tells us there's a fourth one. We are three-dimensional beings, but I believe that there's a fourth dimension where spiritual beings inhabit and that they can break into our three-dimensional world. It's it's not weird. If you've got a problem with that, you are weird. The Bible is normal. The Bible's just telling us about reality. So we're going to talk about that on this podcast. Job says that Satan can go up and talk to God anytime he wants to. Did you did you ever know that? Job chapter 1 verse 6. Now there was a day when the sons of God and when it says sons of God, those are we're going to talk about that pretty soon, that spiritual beings, we might call them angels. They came to present themselves before the Lord. And Satan also came among them. Now it's like, wait a minute. Satan just joined the crowd? He can waltz right into God's throne room, like have a seat at the table anytime he wants? He actually can. And it's not just Satan. There are several evil spiritual beings who can have regular conversations with God. In fact, God will use Satan and even use these evil spirits to accomplish his will down on earth. It happens all the time in the Bible. And if you don't see it, It's because you've just kind of read over it without stopping to figure it all out and how it works. It's actually completely normal. The Bible's not weird. You are weird. But I'm going to hopefully get into all that stuff very soon and explain it all to you. So episodes are going to drop on Wednesdays. The next episode comes out in two days. So that's going to be November 1st. Make sure that you're subscribed so you can get it. What weird stuff in the Bible do you want to know more about? I've got an email address for you to contact me if you'd like to, Bible at gmail.com. I know I've thrown out a lot of questions today, but the exciting thing is that there's also answers to all of these questions. Maybe not the Travis Kelsey thing, but for everything else I was saying, there are answers to these questions. The Bible has answers. In fact, I think you're going to be surprised at how much the Bible talks about all these things, and you never even realized it before. But once I point them out to you, you're going to read your Bible in a whole new way. It's going to make more sense to you than ever before. So I plan to put at least eight episodes out between now and Christmas. Then I will take a short break. I'll try to assess what's working, what's popular, what you all want to hear about. And then we're going to come back after the start of the new year. And I will try to put these episodes out regularly, probably every Wednesday for a couple of months. I I might take a, a break here or there. But I will try to be consistent. And I also thought that I would regularly spotlight a particular book of the Bible and kind of teach through it as we're going through these lessons. And so, I mean, if it's a weird book of the Bible, of course, and I consider the book of Jude to be particularly weird. So at some point, we'll kind of do a a quick series through that book. So if you think the Bible is a little weird sometimes, you're probably actually normal. But this podcast is going to make you less normal. But as long as we're getting closer to the Bible and reality and Jesus, I think that's okay, even if it gets a little weird. Thanks for listening. God bless you for sticking around until the end. And I hope we'll see you next time.